Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF the Podcast. This is episode 169 called JC Gossett. Hello, everybody. This is Allie and Blair, the co-founders of Fertility Rally, and we are here to tell you a little bit about who we are, what we do, and how we can support you on your infertility journey. So we wanted to let you know that Fertility Rally is the membership group that we created. It's the place we wish we had when we were in the thick of it. We offer support groups. We have private Facebook groups. We have tons of events, lots of videos, blog posts, so much content. We're starting to do IRL events as well. And we want to be there for you no matter where you are on your journey. Yeah, our favorite part, we had no idea where this would go when we started it. And our favorite part about it is watching all of our members, which is like 300 plus at this point, connect and create true lifelong friendships. We have members that are meeting up in real life. We have members that are supporting each other on Instagram. We have members that call each other best friends now. And honestly, like that is the most rewarding thing to see. We had no idea it would go here. And so we're just, we're inviting you to join the Rally Fam. Yeah, it's such a great space. It's a safe space. We also have fun when we can. So we would love for you to be a part of it. Check us out on fertilityrally.com and on Instagram at fertilityrally. Hope to see you guys soon. Today's episode is presented by Belly. Belly offers modern prenatal vitamins optimized for fertility, prenatal, and post-pregnancy health. To learn more about how to optimize your fertility and pregnancy health, check out their vegan-friendly, dairy-free, non-GMO vitamins for both men and women at bellybaby.com. That's spelled B-E-L-I-B-A-B-Y.com. The best part? If you use code Alley15, you'll get 15% off your first month of either Belly Women or Belly Men. Again, that's code Alley15, A-L-I-1-5 for 15% off. Thanks, Belly. You guys, this is such a good episode. I'm so excited for you to listen to it. Today, I am talking to JC Gossett, who is a founding teacher and VP of training at the class. So I don't know if you guys have heard of the class, but... This is something that I did virtually at the very beginning of the pandemic, and I still do it today. It's a workout that strengthens your physical, mental, and emotional well-being through an innovative combination of fitness and mindfulness, but it basically is just fucking awesome. You're like pounding on the floor. The music is amazing. You're dancing. You're doing like burpees, which are not my favorite, I have to say, but you get such a really good workout. And JC is basically a rock star in the wellness world. And today she is going to tell us all about her infertility journey, which she is still in the midst of. But she's also going to tell us about something really, really cool that's happening at the class. It's happening right now this week, and it will continue to go on. You can stream it. They're doing a fertility series, which I think is really, really awesome and important. And the series that they're running includes conversations and meditations and no impact workouts that support you no matter where you are in your journey. So they've got, you know, one in three of the teachers at the class have faced fertility challenges. They also have these great meditations that will help you like move energy and regulate your nervous system. And then they've got a toned down, no impact version of the class that doesn't include jumping and extreme twisting. So it goes all week and beyond. And you can find out more at theclass.com and definitely check out JC's classes as well. She is one of the teachers that is doing this incredible fertility series. So I want to thank JC for talking to me. I love the class. I love her. She also, guys, we'll talk about this in the 
in our conversation, but she also did a fertility rally live afternoon reset for us, which was fucking awesome. So thank you to JC. And without further ado, this is JC's infertility story. So I am so honored, JC, to have you on my mm-hmm. show today. I've been really, really looking forward to this conversation for weeks since it was scheduled. So thank you so much for taking the time. As everybody knows, and I'll say, I've said in the intro, you know, you are a master instructor at the class and you've done many oh. other amazing things. I personally love the class. And in the beginning of the pandemic, it was like my huge outlet I did Mm -hmm. it in my apartment and was like screaming and pounding the floor. And it was so wonderful. (laughs) And I also want to thank you for doing a reset video at our recent Fertility Rally Live. It was so well received. Everyone loved it. And it was just wonderful. So thank you. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Isn't it? Isn't it great to have somewhere where you can scream and pound the ground? (laughs) 100%. It was exactly what I needed. And I still, you know, go back to it. And it's just such, I know so many women who are such fans of what you guys are doing over there. And you have Thank a fertility you. series coming up, which we'll get into later. But yeah. first, let's Very start exciting. with your story. I'd love to hear, you know, you posted recently about, you've been vocal about your fertility journey, mm-hmm. you and your husband. And one of the things I said, I wanted to read part of your caption was that you said, you know, yeah. career was always the focal point and my independent seeing nature took me on many journeys around the world. You know, like many women, most of my life, I tried not to get pregnant. And I think so many of us start in that place before we find ourselves in the midst of infertility. So what did that look like for you? Yeah, that, and it's so drilled into us, right? I mean, from as long as I can remember all the conversations around fertility were just like, don't have sex. If you have sex, it's safe sex. Be really afraid. If you sneeze, you can get pregnant. 100%. So the conditioning was just, this is really easy. It's something that every, every female identifying body can do. So you should spend all your time worrying about it not happening. So, so much of that information really, I mean, you, you know, you're young and you're impressionable and you're hearing it from all of the authority figures. You're hearing it from the people in school. If you, in particular, like information in, in church, your parents, teachers. So it's information, your doctors. So mm-hmm. it, it really stuck with me and resonated with me. And in my life, as I was forming into adulthood, I didn't have that scenario where I met somebody right away that was like the one or the person that I wanted to have a family with. I was working on being (laughs) self-sufficient, earning income and trying to design a life that was based around taking care of myself and the conversations around, okay, everybody. So society and the way that we live our lives is changing. People are getting married potentially later or not getting married at all. Mm -hmm. People are having children or maybe not having children in the conventional, traditional way much later. Education, career, all of these things started to shape differently for us in our lives. However, as one doctor told me very early in my fertility journey, 
while all of that is progressing and evolving and changing, our reproductive systems are still the same. They are the ancient, incredible, yes, to be revered systems that are in ourselves. However, they're not getting the memo and updating. Your ovaries aren't updating. Your eggs aren't 100%. updating. Your uterus isn't updating. None of that is updating, although your life may be. So what I'm so passionate about and sharing my story and, and what we're doing at the class with the fertility series is creating some type of bridge to help anybody that wants to plan for a family and focus on fertility in whatever way that works for you. But some type of bridge of our bodies are still operating on this, in this way that is, is ancient and our lives are starting to look this other way. And then where, how, how do we connect that in a way that is, helpful, but also makes you feel empowered about the steps you're taking to build mm-hmm. what you want. So I met my husband, let's see, and in, in the fall, we're going on our 10 year anniversary. We met on match. This was yes. before Tinder. This is before a lot of the other apps. Uh-huh. I've, never, I've never done online dating. Uh, we met, I dated a bunch of other people on match. He was I, I did a, what I actually did was I did a 30 month experiment, a 30 month, 30 day experiment, one Ooh, month. Okay. Let me just go on a bunch of dates and see who I connect with. He was number six out of 13 people I connected with in one month. Okay. We went on, a, we went on a second date. We went on a third date. And then as our relationship blossomed, we did have conversations. Do you want to have a family? Yes. Are you interested in building a family? Yes. I had no history in my family of anybody like struggling with fertility. So it's Mm -hmm. just like, it wasn't on my radar at all Mm -hmm. Same until we found ourselves in the position in my late thirties, where we just decided to stop trying to not get pregnant. (laughs) Right. So had you been on birth control? I had been been on birth control earlier in my, in my early adulthood and I was on all different types of birth control and never worked for me. I mean, it worked in preventing me from getting pregnant in that regard, but it didn't make me feel good. I learned much later in life that I'm hormone sensitive, estrogen sensitive, and actually, thank goodness, I had the intuition to not be on it because throughout my fertility journey, I've actually learned that I, I'm, I'm high risk for breast cancer. And so estrogen exposure and hormone exposure is something that I have to be monitored around. Gotcha. Okay. So you guys were kind of started not to not try, you know, like in that mode, right? Yeah, like just kind of having all right, fun we're with not it, gonna... thinking. And with the, <laughs> yes. you know, JC, with what you were saying before, the your knowledge, and I'm the same exact way. It was like getting pregnant so easy, like don't get pregnant. So when my husband and I started to try as well, I was like, oh, this is going to be a step. Like you just have sex and like it happens. Yeah, that's it. The um, sperm meets the egg. That's right. what happens. <laughs> so what happened with you guys? Well, nothing happened. That was okay. the thing. Nothing happened. Time went by. Nothing happened. My mom had five kids. I fully admit I was in full-blown denial. I was like, this is this is not a big thing. This is totally fine. It takes time, right? Maybe it takes time. Maybe um, we just need, you know, I don't know. It's stress. It's this, it's, it's that. And my husband was way more, he had a sense of urgency of, of knowing and the forthright of knowing, like we should, we should talk to somebody. There's something we should Mm. just talk to somebody. And then I had all of these wonderful friends that had gone through IVF, had fertility struggles that were further along on the journey Mm -hmm. that sat me down and kind of had a little intervention. And we're just like, listen, we don't want you to struggle in the way Mm -hmm. that we did. Just go talk to somebody, talk to a fertility expert. And at that time, I didn't realize that over a certain age, what the information I didn't have was over a certain age, if you're not getting pregnant in a small window, like three months or something or six months, then that's 
that's an alarm. That's like, okay, go talk to somebody, get an evaluation. So I didn't know that. Same time went by. We found ourselves at um, now, I think I'm like 40, 41 in a a fertility uh, office with an expert starting to break everything down and running tests. And at that moment, the words unexplained infertility were the, were, were the first time I had were ever spoken to me. It was the first time I had ever learned of what that word meant. And I entered into this category of unexplained infertility. Right. So how long actually had you guys been trying before you went and found the, the reproductive endocrinologist was this CCRM? See, so I, I, I went on a very long journey, multiple doctors. I ended up at CCRM for all my IVF treatments, but I, to get there, it was maybe like three or four doctors before. Okay. Okay. So before you saw the first one, how long had you and your husband been trying? So let's say it's a year and a half or something like that with, with, um, maybe a little bit longer with it not being, uh, not being this like driving thing that we were really hyper-focused on, but we were like, we are actively trying to do this. Right. Right. And were you guys, how were you doing emotionally with all of this? Like, did it start to wear on you a little bit after, you know, the months are ticking by and, you know, I know for me, it was like seeing friends get getting pregnant so easily and, you know, being like, wait, what's, what the hell is going on? It, it, that part started to happen for me when I was going through the fertility treatment. Okay. The beginning part was, like I said, I think I was really just in denial. I think I just, I didn't have the information and I, my mom had five kids. She Mm -hmm. had me later in life. She had my younger brother later in life. And I just was under this, I don't know, rose colored something that it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Sure. Working yeah. on my career. It's fine. We're going to be fine. Right. And you're and... probably thinking I'm so healthy in all aspects of my life. And you know, you're in the fitness world, you're in the wellness world. And that was reflected at to me, which is a whole nother conversation of you're so healthy. You're in wellness. Right. Um, I mean, all of the things people say, right. You, you, you're so feminine. You're, you, you must be so fertile. I mean, things that are so funny because when we, when you think about it's the inside, it's not the outside sure. and you can't infertility and fertility doesn't show itself. You don't look yeah. at somebody and say your egg count is whatever. And it does not discriminate as well, right? Absolutely. It does not yeah. discriminate. It doesn't matter how healthy you are. It doesn't matter. Like you did all the things, you took all the pills, you did the right vitamins, you, you yeah. know, it, it doesn't matter. Okay. So you get this unexplained diagnosis and what do you do with that? Mm. What did they tell you to do? Did they give you a plan? They gave me a plan. I went through all of the workups, right? So it to determine where their blockage is. How are my ovaries? How how is my uterus? How is this? How are my levels? Um, same with my husband. All the workup, sperm workup, everything, and they couldn't find anything. However, what they did find in this workup led me took my fertility journey in a kind of like a side angle, which was I had a calcification in my breast that came up on my um, my mammogram that mm-hmm. turned out to be precancerous cells and something called atypia tissue. So okay. I my fertility journey in the very beginning got halted because I was going through the process of having surgery and taking all this out and making sure that I didn't have breast cancer. Mm-hmm. That then led me into uh, having to figure out 
how many, how much IVF could I do, how I need to be monitored around hormones and estrogen exposure and what was my window. So once I, once I went through all of that, which was a whole other emotional journey of like, wow, I'm nowhere even near getting pregnant. And this is the beginning of my journey. How fascinating, thankfully, right. It saves lives Mm -hmm. to have that information early. And then I decided to go to the, I started, I I decided to try IUI first. So once we knew my husband was good and I was good, other than the fact that I was in my Mm forties and when you're in your forties, your egg quality is lower. That's the, just the bottom line. Yeah. And that's just what it is. Period. Mm -hmm. I went through six rounds of IUI. Okay. Some of them with medication and some of them without, and they didn't have okay. any success. Was there a reason that you did six? Was it like an insurance thing or was it just kind of the number that you and your doctor, your team had come up with? Or I, I was covered under insurance for some of the IUI and those six IUIs were with, I started with one doctor and didn't have success and then went to another doctor who believed, who, who didn't believe in unexplained infertility. Okay. They were like, there's no such thing as unexplained infertility. We're going to figure out what the thing is. And I was like, great, let's do it. Their approach included something called something that tested you for something called killer cells, mm-hmm. which would attack maybe an embryo or uh, in mm-hmm. the early stages of pregnancy. So you go through these intravenous treatments to, to change the killer cells in your body. So I, after I didn't have success with the first doctor, I tried this other doctor and went this different technique of like, let's see if it's killer cells. Let's go and do the intravenous uh, injections. Right. And then went with three IUIs with that different doctor. So that's why I ended up with six. I like, I tried one, I tried Uh three with the one doctor and then went three with the other. Did, what, did they find out that you had the killer cells or? I did have the killer cells. I had a high count. I didn't Uh have, I didn't have a a really, really high count, but I had a high enough count that they wanted to, to treat me for it. And this is something that many women don't know about. And I wish I could explain the technology better to you. Right. But I have had women in my life that, had success this way. They had high killer sounds, killer, killer soft counts. They were treated and they had successful pregnancies. Right. So you were probably going to see a reproductive immunologist for that stuff. Okay. So yeah, that's one factor that I had no idea about as well. That comes into play was, you know, sometimes the immunology is what's preventing people from getting pregnant or staying pregnant or even implantation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, it's like a whole new world, right? Where you like, what, I mean, had you even heard of killer cells before? No, yeah. I was, I was like, this sounds like a movie. What, I know. what are we talking about? I have cells in my body that are killing, that right. are potentially killing sperm. And I, I, just like you just said, it, nothing is, is really like opaque in this, in this conversation. There's no hard, fast rules. What once you start, it just, it's an onion. It keeps peeling. You find information. You can go to the right. You can go to the left. Such you, a good analogy. It's just, it's an ongoing, never ending. Right. <laughs> Maybe it ends at some point, but yeah, but you can just keep going in so many different ways. It's so true. I think that was part of the hard part for me and so many other women I've talked to is like, there's so much information and there's so many different roads. And it's just, right. I remember thinking, I just want someone to tell me what to do. 
Yes. And no one would t- definitively tell me it was like, well, you could do this or this. And I was like, but what should I do? Like, it's right. so overwhelming. So right. what did you do? What did you do after the six IUIs? So at that point, that doctor that I was with su- suggested that I did go move on to IVF and okay. this doctor did not do IVF. So I found my way to, to CCRM mm-hmm. and I spoke to a lot of people, spoke to a lot of friends, did my own research and looked at the statistics and decided that I would then proceed into the the, the world of, of IVF, which I had friends that went through it. I didn't have any firsthand experience of anybody in my family or like a close, close, close friend Mm -hmm. while they were going through IVF. All of my close friends had done IVF previously. And I do also want to ground this conversation in is that I feel very privileged to have the opportunity to even attempt any of this technology and we were very fortunate that my husband's very good friend basically offered to sponsor us in our fertility journey. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that because there there are so many people struggling and the technology is something that may never even ever be available for them. Yeah. And that includes adoption, donor egg surrogacy, IVF, we know insurance only covers so much. And I hope at some point, because it is so common that that part of the healthcare system starts to come around and make it more accessible. Because if you do not, I mean, to be blunt, if you do not have the resources to do it, it's not available. Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that. It's so true. Yeah. So I went through the the injection process, the egg retrieval, all of that. How did you do on the meds and everything? I, there were days that were very, very hard. And there were days that I was like, okay, just, I had a a checklist on my refrigerator. My husband did all the injections. He was incredible about it. Mixing the medication. I could not give the needles myself. I had a checklist on the refrigerator. I checked that injection thing off every time. But I was like, okay, we did this one. We check this one. Totally. And I wish that I had had something like we're creating the fertility series. This is a big part of my life and a Mm -hmm. big part of what I do and how I identify is in movement. Through all of this, I had to take an extensive period of time off, which is, that's just what it is, right? You can't move your body in certain ways. So I was feeling the effects, not just of the medication and not just from the, and yes, the emotional stress and tension within myself, within my relationship with my husband and didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't have anywhere to um, process that. And when you're in a partnership where the two of you are going through these type of challenges, you're having a shared experience, but you're also having your own experience. And sometimes you need to process your experience separately because my my wounds and my experience and what's coming up for me was and is different than my husband's. So that was one thing that I right. that I felt. I totally agree with that. And I have to tell you too. So my on my podcast, that's why I started my podcast because I needed somewhere to process and I wanted something that could help other people get through it after I came out the other side. And there's an episode on the first episode I tell my story. And then in the hundredth episode, my husband tells his story. So tying mm. back to what you were just saying, he had a totally different experience than I did. Yeah. 
even though we were going through, you know, the same, same thing. You're going, you're going through a shared experience, but it is kicking up different things. So yeah. What did you, what were you and Adam, like what were, what were your different experiences kind of broad strokes? So for me, I, I come from a lot, a large family. And when you come from a large family, there are certain, I, I, I personally, for me, it wasn't, I didn't want to, I wanted to have a family. I didn't want to have a, a, a huge family. I saw my mom struggle a lot with raising so many kids and focusing on that. And, you know, she didn't focus on career. Those kind of things weren't available for her at that time. So there was a becoming a mother and having a child was wrapped in a bunch of different things for me. Did I want it? Yes. Was there fear? Yes. Was there patterning of what I witnessed and projecting future uh, tripping, projecting onto myself of how am I going to have career and all of this together? All of that was wrapped up into me in this pressure of everyone's looking at me, waiting for me to do this. (laughs) And if I can't, then I am a failure as a female identifying person and someone in the in the wellness world, in the health world. For my husband, his experience that he shared with me, he's both of our my parents also went through divorce, but his parents went through divorce much younger. And his relationship with his parents with that severed interjection created uh, a desire and need for him to want to basically have his own family to create what he didn't necessarily have. And becoming a father for him was at the forefront and is at the forefront of his life trajectory. So while we were both going through this and grieving, we were grieving similar things, but we were grieving different narratives. So interesting. And the the way that you said that was so succinct. Thank you for explaining that. So what happened next in your, in your journey? So you, you're going down the IVF road. You did the first retrieval. I did the first, first egg retrieval. I got, um, I want to say I got 13 eggs out Mm -hmm. of those 13 eggs. Only maybe nine of them were viable. And this is also new information because you, you know, you wake up from anesthesia and the first thing you hear is how many eggs you got. And so you're like, wow, 13, that's great. 13 babies. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) Out of those eggs, what they don't know are which ones are mature and which ones will eventually grow viable embryos. So every day the clock is ticking and those those eggs potentially don't work out. So you're waiting. You find out how many are viable. Then out of those, let's say, I think it was like nine or something like that, you then they then are joined with the sperm, with Adam's sperm to try and make embryos. So out of those nine, we ended up with four that were able to form embryos. Okay. Those four embryos were sent to genetic testing and then none of them were viable after genetic testing. So when so you end sorry. up with the four, thank you for saying that. When you end up with the four, you're thinking, we got four, we got four embryos. This is amazing. Genetic, t- genetic testing takes a long time and not everybody believes in genetic testing. I felt that that was the route we should go. And then you're just waiting. And then, you know, they all came back abnormal. Mm-hmm. So we went to round two, mm-hmm. kind of similar, but, but less, less eggs, less embryos, only two that time genetic testing came back 
none of them viable. Oh my gosh. How, how did it feel to get that news after the second round? I mean, it's a blow every time, right? It's a blow every time because you, you, I mean, you, of course you want to be positive and of course you're, you're staying, you're staying optimistic and you're seeing the eggs and the embryos. I mean, you're not seeing them with your eyes, right? But you're, you're, you know, that those exist. Right. So you just think, okay, well, we've got them. So why wouldn't they be good? hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. And every time for anybody that has gone through it, you, it's taking a toll on your body. It's taking a toll on your heart. It's taking a toll on your mind and your spirit and your relationship is getting very stressful, very tense. There's the financial aspect to it. There's the, you know, my, everyone, JC, your clock's ticking. What are you going to do? What's going to happen here? Are you going to do this again? And yeah. You're take, I'm taking a significant amount of time off of work. Thankfully, all of that was supportive in my company, but it is also another thing that you're, you're navigating. Of course. Yeah. And my body was, it was, I mean, it, it, it shifts and it changes. And so when we had that last conversation of like, okay, we're just going to try one more time. We're going to do this IVF one more time. Mm -hmm. Every time they adjusted my medication slightly different, they tried different techniques. My doctors were really advocating for like a very personalized experience for me based off of how I was performing. Right. (laughs) For lack of a better word. Yeah. And I, when people ask me what, what this is like, it's, it's, I have these two analogies. One of them is like, you're going to a car dealership with a bag of cash (laughs) or check and you're saying, see that car over there? That's the car that I want. And then you leave the cash or the check with the car dealership and you walk out not knowing if you are ever going to get that car. Absolutely. Or you're going to a roulette table and it's the same thing. My number is eight. I'm going to put everything on eight. Mm -hmm. We're just going to sit at this table. We're going to spin the wheel. We have no idea if this is going to hit or not. Right. It is. It's such a gamble. And there's no guarantees. I think that's another thing that a lot of people, people in the world, like you and I know that now having gone through it, but a lot of people on the outside world, I feel like don't know that IVF is not a guarantee, No, you know, and you know, we had one of our fertility rally members the other day had gone to an exercise class and told her instructor, like I'm starting IVF and I was cleared to work out and I'm so excited. And they were like, congratulations. And she was kind of like, I don't know if you understand what I'm going through, you know, and right. you can't fault them, but no, because we, because people you, think, Oh, cool. That means yeah, you're you, going to have a, a baby, right? You're going to do this procedure and it's going to work. Yeah. And it's amazing technology. I mean, when you start to understand what it is and they're taking the eggs out and then they're, they're putting the sperm and the egg together and then they're growing it. It's like right. the whole thing is just incredible, but it is not it's just not a hundred percent guaranteed. Exactly. I think, you're, I think in my, my, for my age and my a quality and everything, I think my percentage was like maybe 40% chance. Okay. So you did the third round. Is that where we're at? Did the was third that, round. Okay. And that and was then, the, the least uh, performing one for me. So like okay. very low eggs and okay. zero embryos. None. Okay. Okay. So I never got to a place where I had a embryo to transfer. transfer. I've never, never been to the transfer stage yet. Okay. So how long ago was this third round? 
third round we completed in the summer. So coming up on, uh, I think that was like around August. Okay. So then after that, did you have a conversation with your husband and kind of decide like, are we going to keep going? You know, are there some other options or like, where did it go with you guys from there? We had the conversation at that point. My body was really giving me very loud feedback. It just was like, I just don't think I can do this again. And, you know, my brain was like, you got to keep trying, you got to keep going. Um, my body was just really feeling the, the effects and I emotionally, I didn't think I was able to do it again. I really, when you go through it and then, you know, the people in your life, my friends that have done five rounds, six rounds, seven rounds, even one round, you just, it's just so incredible. It's really incredible that there is this resilience in, in, in one to undertake such a challenging experience and continue with the faith and the the belief and the resilience to keep going. But for me, the, my conversation in my fertility shifted to a place of potentially having silent endometriosis, which mm-hmm. was something that I wasn't tested for. Oh, so I went into another, another rabbit hole, another layer of the onion Mm -hmm. of understanding the world of silent endometriosis. And if that was potentially something that could be hindering my, my process, because you can't see it, you can't see it on a scan. You can't see it in, um, and you can have silent symptoms, which is why it's called that. So did they find anything? They I had, I had a test called a receptiva test, which yep. came up as a high inflammation. However, I will say that was also, they do that test right after the egg retrieval, which is, you know, the last thing you want <laughs> is anything else in right. that area of your body <laughs> yes. after that. And it was very, it was very high. So specifically what I've learned or what I've been educated around with Simon endometriosis is the only way to really guarantee that you have it is through a diagnostic surgery. Mm-hmm. So I had planned that surgery, laparoscopic surgery for November. I knew that I was already starting to, we were going to move to LA. Mm-hmm. And my conclusion for myself was I'm going to just, this is the last thing I'm going to do. I'm going to do the surgery. Mm-hmm. And then I'll know for sure that this is what I have or not. If they find it, they take it out. If not, you try something else. But mm-hmm. I had that feeling of this is the last thing. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I found a surgeon, all the things, met with a lot of different people. The situation for myself was I, I planned the surgery in August. I showed up in November and with COVID, the hospitals have different policies around when your COVID test is supposed to be. And they had gotten cross, uh, the wires were crossed in the communication for me. So I took my COVID test on, on the wrong date. However, I didn't know that until I was getting prepped for surgery. I'm in the hospital waiting to be admitted oh my with, uh, you know, in the, in the gown and all of the things. Yeah. And uh, it turned out that my date for my COVID test that I was given to take was the, was the, the wrong date. So my husband and I were in that hospital, you know, waiting to have the IV admitted for the, you know, inserted for the anesthesia. And we were just, you know, had to leave. We just, Oh my God. We're walking out of here after planning months for the surgery. Were you devastated? Um, I was in shock. My husband was not happy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He had lots to say. I'm sure. (laughs) 
I'm sure. <laughs> Bless him. And I was, I was in shock, but I have to say, I was like, you know, I have to start looking at these things as a sign, mm. you, you know, like there's a, there, what is happening here right now? <laughs> what is, what is the information here for me? Mm -hmm. I knew my body was just, it just needed a break. It just was like, I, it's just a lot. Now we're going to go have surgery. Now we're going to be out for six weeks again and have to recover. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, I was like, you know, I'm just going to take a pause from this and I'm going to, I'm going to look at other conversations. And these conversations currently for us include adoption, talking to people that have adopted and seeing what that, what the, you know, the, the financials are around mm -hmm. all of that. It's, it's to, again, to ground this conversation, the desire to have a family is one part, but then the ability to, and the resources to be able to do this in this way where you need support is another mm -hmm. big, it's a big part of the conversation. Yeah. So yeah, adoption, absolutely. a donor, Mm -hmm. donor egg, which if I have Simon endometriosis, that probably isn't a good, wouldn't be a good viable option for me. Mm -hmm. And if there was a way where surrogacy could be an option, that could be something to talk about. I mean, that's a, that's a big, it's right. a, it's a big amount of resources for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's it like you said, it's it's good to know that there are options, but they aren't available for everyone. So thank you for your right. sensitivity to that and knowing that. Before we we wrap, I, I have a bunch more questions, but <laughs> I know we just have a couple of more minutes. I'd love to hear about this series that you're doing with the class. Yeah. Tell me why this fertility series is so important to you. This is so it's so great that we're at this place with the class where we're able to create these this content that is using the method of what we do and then having it be supportive in a conversation and centered around a conversation that can help help with healing. So what the class, if you if you're listening and you've never done the class before, what we are is we're a cathartic, challenging workout that combines strength training cardio and mindfulness that is all designed to really help us feel better. You don't need anything except your mat. What it looks like on the outside is exercise. You see us doing jumping jacks, you see us doing push-ups, you see us doing you see us doing burpees. What we are passionate about is what happens on the inside when you are moving in the way that we do with breath and with music and how we are directing our intent and intention. Mm -hmm. And you have the best music always. Oh, the thank best. you for saying that. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. You can tell a lot of thought goes into that. A, muse, a lot goes into the, the curated yeah. music journey 100%. That, that goes on that helps once we begin moving the processing of this energy. And what we are moving is experiences, memories, passed on energy, thoughts, patterning, Things that are on the more of the subtle level, but that create huge impact in our lives. Mm -hmm. So we're taking the method and we've put this series together, which is backed by CCRM Fertility and IVF Clinic to help support the process for anybody that is going on the fertility journey and whatever they're experiencing. So what they can come and experience is a collection of conversations. We have uh, one in three teachers of the at the class have faced their own fertility challenges and they're here to share their stories so that people do not feel alone and mm -hmm. feel the shame that is attached with this. So we have five teachers that are taking you through their story via conversation 
what's special about this is that you're you're going to hear five different teachers taking you through their fertility experience via conversation, meditation, and a no impact movement class. Yeah. So great. So great. And we've partnered with leading experts so that everything that we're talking about, everything that we're moving the body through and conversations we're opening and inviting has, we've made sure to make sure with our fertility doctors and the experts that these practices are emotionally supportive and physically in alignment with what is best. The five teachers that are going to take you through their journey are Tia Spowart, and her theme is finding acceptance on on her journey. Mm. Roth, which is letting it be messy, is her theme. Mine is working with grief. Mm-hmm. Moving from shame to empowerment is with CJ Fragoso, and listening to my body is Laura Camilleri. So incredible. one in three teachers at the class have, have gone through a fertility challenge and mm-hmm. they're here to take you through their experience with this theme and open, open energy and space through meditation, conversation, and a no impact class. I think it's so important to, to come at it from the way that you guys have created this obviously very thoughtful, very curated series, which is, it's a whole body, whole mind thing. You know, it's not yeah. just one thing. And it takes so much work and it takes so much self-care. And that's one thing I think that does really get lost in this journey a lot is, you know, you get in this, on this track and you've got these blinders on and, you know, you're like, need a baby, need a baby, need a baby. And I was, I did this myself and you kind of forget to step back every once in a while and check in with yourself. And if you have a partner to check in with your partner and say, what, why are we doing this? What do we want? Do we still want this? And kind of reassessing, you know, what, what the goal is and that goal can change, you know, Absolutely. depending on how it's going. So I think right. it's, it's so awesome that you guys are doing this groundbreaking series. I can't wait to be a part of it. I can't wait to, you know, spread the word. And I hope everybody listening will check out the class and this incredible series. I'll put a lot more information in the show notes and in the outro and intro. But before we wrap, JC, first of all, thank mm-hmm. you so much for taking mm-hmm. the time. And this has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Tell me if, if there's anybody who's listening right now who might be kind of new to this world, you know, maybe they take your class and they've, they're new to this podcast, so they don't really mm. know. Do you have any words, you know, just somebody that might be like in the shit right now, like something that you might want to say to someone? Oh, absolutely. And thank you for giving me that opportunity. I mean, the the words that I just want to keep echoing out there are, you're not broken. You're not broken. You are not less, less of a human. You are not less of a female identifying being. You are not less of a mother. You already are a mother. We already are all mothers. We already are our bringers of, of life and, and vitality and nurturing relationships. And whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is the diagnosis, it does not define you. That is not who you are. It is not going to be the headline of your life. It's something that we're going to work with. It's something that is not going to be easy. I'm not here to tell you it's rainbows and unicorns because we know it's not. However, however it is that you decide to create your unique family, which may include children, it may not include children, it is going to be beautiful. 
It's going to be so different. It's going to be unique and it's going to be just as satisfying, just as beautiful, just as wonderful. Right, all right. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to JC. I will continue to follow her story and you guys should too as well. Definitely check out this fertility series that they have curated for the class. You can find out more at theclass.com and also definitely check out Fertility Rally. You know, you can go to our website, which is fertilityrally.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Fertility Rally. We are a community where no matter what you're going through, we want to support you. So this all goes hand in hand with the fertility series that the class is doing. So much great support out there right now. So please take advantage of any and all of it. If you have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, slide into my DMs at Infertile AF Stories, and I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks.